This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm Cecilia Lay. And I'm Damian Bulwa. This is Fifth and Mission. Damian, we're doing something special for our last episode of 2022. We are going to reflect on this year's news coverage from The Chronicle. We'll hear from editors and reporters in our newsroom, including Editor-in-Chief Emilio Garcia Ruiz, about the stories that surprised them this year and issues that they think we've overlooked. I mean, a little bit of self-reflection is a good thing, right? Damian, I want to kick it off with you. I'm curious to know, what news story surprised you the most in 2022? Well, I mean, there's been a lot of, of big stories locally, but I think the one that surprised me is a little more abstract. It's the spread of conspiracy theories, of conspiratorial thinking. You know, obviously, we came into the year inundated by things like QAnon and and the the election lies by Donald Trump. So we're we're somewhat used to it. But in October, we had this terrible incident where Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul Pelosi, was nearly killed, attacked in his own home in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. And the suspect, according to the police, was a man who'd become sort of lost in right-wing conspiracy theories online, which is a familiar story. And Cecilia, the response by many people, instead of saying, wow, this shows the danger of conspiracy theories, the response by a lot of people, Elon Musk, people I've spoken to on the street, was to invent more conspiracy theories about what happened. And right. I just, for some reason, it, it really grabbed me. I found it very remarkable and, and scary and thought about the challenge for journalists. And very telling, especially in our own backyard, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it hit it hit everything. You know, it, it made me wonder whether we can come back from that. And that's that's not something you want to be thinking about. And Cecilia, what about you? What surprised you the most this year? I mean, it's been another very full year, and I think maybe something I found just interesting, which was the election of Shang Tao as Oakland's new mayor. As you know, on Fifth Emission, we examine San Francisco city politics a ton, and the Oakland mayoral race between Tao and Loren Taylor was just so close, and I just saw the results of that as a temperature check on how Oakland residents are thinking about big issues like public safety and homelessness. And while San Francisco has leaned more moderate in the past year, it has, yeah. Oakland residents chose a progressive candidate instead of Libby Schaaf's pick, which just means that people are looking for something different. I'm interested to see how these two cities, Oakland and San Francisco, are going to tackle many of the same problems with a different leadership approach. And then also Tao's identity is compelling to me. She's 37. She's kind of around my age. She's from the Hmong community, which is an Asian American population that doesn't get a ton of coverage. And so in a year when there's been so much attention on Asian Americans in politics, particularly in San Francisco, I'm just interested in seeing how her representation in Oakland will change things. And she's got a great story, which we like. Such a good story, such a good narrative that I'm excited to watch unfold in the new year. Okay, Damien, we asked the same question to some Chronicle editors and reporters. Let's hear what they have to say. I'm Erin Alday. I'm a health reporter who's been part of the Chronicle's COVID coverage for the past three years. 
What surprised me the most was uh, the how long the sort of spring and summer surge dragged on. I did not expect that to spike so so early in the spring, um, and I certainly didn't expect the cases to kind of stay so high all through the summer. And I think that was, you know, frankly, kind of concerning because we don't know what that means for the future of our, our coexistence with COVID. My name is Joe Garofoli, and I'm the Chronicle's senior political writer and host of the It's All Political on Fifth and Mission podcast. What surprised me most On my bingo card, I did not have Elon Musk buying Twitter and the rest of us watching it spiral into chaos within weeks. While there are so many strands of that story, the people who have the most to lose by Twitter's descent are those who are part of marginalized communities. One of the most disturbing parts has been watching how Musk has been leaning into the right wing's fixation on and vilification of the trans community. My name is Susie Nielsen. I work on the data team at The Chronicle. And the news event that surprised me the most in 2022 had to be the overturning of Roe v. Wade. This was national news, but California has a big role to play in terms of the future of abortion access in the U.S. It's likely that the state will remain a haven for women seeking abortions from other states. And I'm curious to see what will happen in the coming years. My name is Justin Phillips, and I'm a columnist for the San Francisco Chronicle who writes about race and inequality. The news event that surprised me the most in 2022 was probably the decision by the California Reparations Task Force stating that only Black Californians, folks who can prove a direct lineage to enslaved ancestors, would be eligible for the statewide and first-in-the-nation initiative to address the harms and legacy of slavery. And there's another side where this idea of a select few Black people in the state would benefit. That would probably do little to mitigate racism's overall negative effects. The decision itself is going to have far-reaching effects on how the rest of the country talks about reparations for decades to come. So as for whether this was a good decision for California, whether it was our best choice, you know, only time will tell. Damien, some really smart answers there. We're about to hear my conversation with our boss, Editor-in-Chief Emilio Garcia Ruiz. He's going to share his answer to that question, along with a reflection on what it's been like leading the Chronicle Newsroom since joining in 2020. Damien, so glad we got a chance to chat. I look forward to another year of Fifth and Mission with you in 2023. Yeah, it's been fantastic. It's been great to work with you. I really hope that next December we're not still talking about the pandemic, you know, the the conflicts over remote work, all of these things. Me too. I'm ready for some fresh topics. Thanks so much, Damien. Okay, on to my conversation with Chronicle Editor-in-Chief Emilio Garcia Ruiz, who has been our newsroom's leader since joining in late 2020. Before that, he was with The Washington Post for many years, and I wanted to ask him to not only reflect on the Chronicle's body of work in the past year, but also his impressions of San Francisco and the Bay Area since moving from the East Coast. Here's my conversation with Chronicle Editor-in-Chief Emilio Garcia Ruiz. Emilio, I believe this is your first appearance on Fifth Emission. Welcome. Oh, it's great to be here, finally. Don't worry, I'm not upset about not having been asked (laughs) until now. Well, I'm glad we're talking now because for our last episode of the year, we're reflecting on 2022 
and I'd love to hear your thoughts. Now, you first joined the Chronicle in 2020. You moved to San Francisco from D.C., and I wonder what kind of assumptions you had about the Bay Area in San Francisco. What did you get right, and what were you maybe wrong about? I think I knew coming in that the city was facing a lot of challenges, and pretty much each one of those has been borne out. What I got wrong is how difficult it is in this city to solve its problems. And I still remain a little mystified by the fact that one of the most innovative cities in the world uh, can't seem to solve its most difficult problems. And some of these most difficult problems, maybe you've witnessed just from your commute into the office. I understand you walked to the Chronicle building at Fifth Emission, the name of our show. What did you notice over time from your commute? How has that shaped the way you view San Francisco? Well, first off, I I tell people that I haven't really experienced the real San Francisco because the only thing I know from living here is the pandemic. But my walk is uh, through the Soma neighborhood and then through the financial district. But the primary thing I've noticed is the gradual, very gradual and slow improvement from when I got here in September of 2020 to now. Back then, the streets were deserted. There there literally was nobody out. And now you can see on some days of the week, uh, workers returning to the financial district. The city is coming back, but if you commute the way I do, you're really skeptical about whether enough people are coming back to make downtown work again. Let's talk about coverage from the Chronicle newsroom. As our editor-in-chief, what local stories have stood out to you in the past year? Uh, It's been an amazing year. I mean, if you take any one thing that's happened and you could say, well, that's a year's worth of coverage. You know, we had the third year of the pandemic, right? The Warriors won the NBA Mm -hmm. title. Uh, You have the downtown issue we've talked about and how difficult uh, the things have been there. Fentanyl continuing to be a, uh, a huge crisis. And then the sort of the greater... Bay Area things that have happened. It's been nonstop news, the school board recall. Mm-hmm. It's been amazing. Was there anything that surprised you from our coverage? How hardened the positions are with people here who disagree. I expected there to be more positive dialogue and a more willingness to uh, discuss potential solutions. But there is a bit of a toxic element to the city uh, that does hinder problem solving. Mm-hmm. You know, we launched this uh, project, SFNEX, community-based journalism project, so that we could get at some solutions. And in meeting with literally hundreds of, of residents, I was taken aback by just how angry some people are and how unwilling they are to, uh, to compromise. It's also interesting, Emilio, because San Francisco gets a lot of national attention And oftentimes, media pundits point to our specific coverage to make these larger political points from the drug crisis to public safety. I think of the recall of Chesa Boudin as a really good example of this. How does national attention change the way you think about what we cover? It doesn't really change the way we think, right? Our job is to represent the citizens of San Francisco and how their tax dollars are being spent, uh, and holding officials accountable for their work. But we are aware that there are times when we will do a story that will become a a Fox News story, Mm -hmm. uh, for want of a better phrase. You know, we can't censor ourselves when it comes to the types of news we cover because we're worried about what somebody in a different city is going to care about. We need to focus on what's important for our readers, uh, regardless of uh, of the ramifications. 
does it raise the stakes of how you approach our coverage just because San Francisco is used as a proxy for other sort of larger political debates? Absolutely. One of the things I'd like to do going forward is do a better job of explaining the rest of the country to San Franciscans. Mm. You know, right now you have this big anti-LGBTQ movement among uh, some in the Republican Party. We need to explain that better to our readers. More with Chronicle Editor-in-Chief Emilio Garcia Ruiz after a quick break. He'll share what he thinks the Chronicle can do a better job of in the year ahead. And you'll hear from more Chronicle reporters and editors weighing in on what news stories they think was overlooked in 2022. You're listening to Fifth Admission. You can support the newsroom that creates this podcast by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. I'm back with Chronicle Editor-in-Chief Emilio Garcia Ruiz. Now, Emilio, I don't want to make you play favorites here, but I'm wondering if there was an area of the Chronicle's reporting in 2022 that you're particularly proud of or something that made you go, we got that right. I've been an editor long enough to know that the last thing you want to do is name two names in a newsroom of, you know, more than 170 people. So in general, what I have liked is our accountability work. Uh, When we have used data to explore some of the city's problems, you know, we did a a great piece trying to really get an answer to the question, how long does it take to build in San Francisco? And we did a lot of really hard data work to come up with what that number is. Our investigative team is doing terrific uh, accountability work. So I'm proud of the entire newsroom. I think we've had a, uh, a very good year. Our readership continues to grow. Our subscribers continue to grow. I think it's been quite successful. And then on the flip side, are there issues that you think our newsroom has overlooked? My biggest regret is the way we've covered some of the um, diverse communities in San Francisco. We haven't done a good enough job with the AAPI community. I believe I'm the first fully Spanish fluent editor at the Chronicle. I don't think we've done well enough with the Latino communities. We have some ideas for how to do that better. We have to be able to tell their stories. So not not only to inform the greater community, but to inform that specific community. Uh, And we're not doing anywhere near enough of that. Uh, We need to get out more. We need to be more of a part of those communities than we are right now. You've mentioned SF Next. That's been a really big initiative of your leadership in the past year to look for solutions to the city's biggest challenges. Why do you think the Chronicle is well positioned to do that when some critics might say we don't speak to certain communities like we're discussing right now? You know, we admit that through the decades, the Chronicle has been part of the problem historically. So we don't back away from that, that some of our coverage uh, throughout history has not been uh, what we had hoped. I've been heartened by the fact that when we've gone out and met with community members, I, I was worried that people would say exactly that. You know, who are you? 
to step into this breach, but it's been quite the opposite. What we have heard from people all over the city is, if not you, then who? So we do think we have an opportunity here to convene residents, to discuss problems, to seek solutions, to hold people accountable because of our place in the community. Looking ahead to 2023, are there specific news stories or issues that you'll be watching closely? Well, you know, I think COVID will continue to be a a massive issue for us as it keeps ebbing and flowing uh, as we head out of 2022. Fentanyl is not going to go away. It's one of the most difficult drug problems that this country has ever faced. Homelessness, there don't seem to be uh, any real solutions uh, on the horizon. So I think it's going to be a continuation of a lot of the problems we've seen before. And then inevitably, there will be surprises. Could this be the year that the Niners go to the Super Bowl? Mm -hmm. Uh, Will there be more political infighting in the state? Absolutely. So we really can't predict what's going to go up next, but we do know that whatever it is, uh, it's going to be exciting. Now, with media under such scrutiny at the moment, we can think about the state of Twitter. That's a critical platform for journalists. And that's being disrupted in a very big way because of its new leadership. And it's easy to get discouraged. What makes you feel motivated or hopeful about the future of journalism? I tell people there's never been a better time to be a journalist, and and for a couple reasons. Number one, democracy is under threat nationally. The very foundation of this country is at risk. And we need, as journalists, to step into that breach uh, and really defend the Constitution and, and defend the right to vote and and the right for people to have the freedoms that they're entitled to. I think it's a great time to be a journalist. It's never been easy to be a journalist. The business model has not always been clear. Uh, Jobs have always been hard to get. But I think in this moment in our history, I can't imagine doing anything else. Emilio, a pleasure to finally have you on the show. Thanks so much for looking back at 2022 with me. Thank you for having me. Emilio Garcia Ruiz is the editor-in-chief of the San Francisco Chronicle. If you want to learn more about SF Next, the Chronicle's solutions journalism initiative that he mentioned, check it out at sfchronicle.com slash sfnext. Before we go, I posed the same question that I asked Emilio to reporters in our newsroom. What issue do you think was overlooked in 2022? We wanted to share their answers with you. Think of it as perhaps a preview of what's to come in the next year. My name is Dan Kopp, and I'm the data editor here at the San Francisco Chronicle. What I thought the most important issue that was overlooked in 2022, that was sort of the lack of international migration to the city. Usually, San Francisco loses about 40 or 50,000 people every year to other parts of the country, but most of those are replaced by people from Other countries, particularly Asia, often Africa, ever since the pandemic, we've lost that influx of of immigrants. And what does that mean for the city's culture and its economy? I feel like that's not something people have been really talking about, and it's hugely important. My name is Jerry Diaz, and I'm a meteorologist at the San Francisco Chronicle. I think one news event that I don't think we discussed to the full effect, just how much these extreme weather events are having an impact on our most marginalized communities, uh, which unfortunately are the ones that are the most vulnerable. And that includes our homeless communities, our low-income communities, those with limited shelter. So I think these are going to be the issues that we're going to be discussing a lot more of here in the coming years as we enter this changing climate and as we start to really discuss how we're going to help out the most vulnerable 
and at the very least, give them a voice in the conversation of the climate crisis. My name is Yu Hyun Jung, and I work on the data team at the San Francisco Chronicle. I think an important issue that was overlooked in 2022 was the overdose epidemic. It's still killing so many people, not just in San Francisco, but across the country. But it does seem like the public sense of urgency and like engagement with the issue have definitely fizzled out a bit compared with 2021. So I'm hoping that changes in the coming year. This is Dustin Gardner, state politics reporter. And in terms of what I thought was undercovered or overlooked, to me, it was so interesting to watch how much attention went to gas prices. That was the story that really dominated a lot of the discussion in Sacramento. But as that was happening, what seemed to slip under the radar was just the extent that the transition to electric vehicles has ramped up in the state. We saw sales of new electric vehicles um, near almost 20% of the market in California this year, which is just completely unprecedented. I think next year we're going to see that share of the market for EVs grow even faster. My name is Sarah Ravani, and I cover Oakland and the rest of the East Bay for the San Francisco Chronicle. The important stories I think were overlooked in 2022 are just positive stories about the Bay Area. We love to focus on the doom and gloom here. But this is a resilient place, and we shouldn't forget that. I wrote a story this year about an Oakland Youth Football League that had suffered from gun violence twice. But the story that we ended up telling was so much more than that. It was about coaches who were role models, kids with big dreams. And these are just the stories that I hope we get to hear more next year. The Chronicle staff members you heard from in this episode were Aaron Alday, Joe Garofoli, Susie Nielsen, Justin Phillips, Dan Koff, Jerry Diaz, Yu Hyun Jung, Dustin Gardner, and Sarah Ravani. Thank you to all of them and our editor-in-chief, Emilio Garcia Ruiz, for helping me wrap up 2022 for Fifth Admission. Thank you to our new producer, Francesca Fenzi, for editing this episode. You'll be hearing a lot more of her name in the new year. Welcome to the team, Francesca. Big thanks, as always, to King Kaufman. And perhaps the biggest thank you is to you. Thanks so much for listening to Fifth Emission this year. It's made my year personally so meaningful. If you've enjoyed the show, tell a friend to add it to their playlist in the new year. Reminder, this is our last show of 2022. We'll be back at it on Tuesday, January 3rd. See you then. Have a safe and happy holiday and happy new year.